recently that uh, makes me wonder if uh, this is normal or if something's wrong. Um, what do you mean? So life? do you ever, uh, I, I, mean, I mean, everybody gets frustrated, right? Yeah. But uh, there's a, there like a sense of operating in society and like group norms, societal norms um, and like appropriateness and, uh, and what what those kind of things that frustration and anger, and sometimes it's silly stuff, right? Like, um, I get I get a soda. I'm a soda drinker, right? Yeah. And um, you go and get a fountain soda. You know, the the courteous, polite thing to do is to get your shit and get out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> get yeah. your get yeah. guys yeah. step aside, get your thing, and then. You know, put your lid on. Oh, so <laughs> right, you know, everybody right. else. Can there are other people trying that. to get filled up their soda. Yeah, yeah and they have things to do. And uh, um, I've just encountered a few of those situations where um, it's like set me off into this internal rage. I'm I'm a type of guy who keeps it all bottled in, you know. Um, or or just like the little things you'll be driving along. I don't know how things are uh, where you live, but um, around here people get on the on the freeway and automatically just go to the far left lane and just cruise there at yeah. uh, like, you know, the slower lane. Um, and, and, uh, it's just all, all that shit just gets under my skin lately. And I'm noticing like, it's just impacting my day. And so there's a couple things I've been thinking about. Like one is, okay, something's going on. Like w- w- what is appropriate to get, feel outraged by, and this doesn't feel like a truly appropriate thing to be outraged by. You know what I mean? Um, that's, that's one thing. And the other thing is like, how, like, wh- what is the process that people learn social norms? You know, like, like how, like, like, how is that taught? You know, um, <laughs> the problem is you're woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that is and the rest of the world is just still walking around like zombies. Yeah, well, exactly. It's maddening. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, you know, it's it's interesting in education circles. Um, there's this book called The First Days of School, and it talks about um, procedures and the importance of procedures. And the, the premise behind it is, um, generally speaking, when you're in a setting where you want people to do something, most people. 90% like if you're if you're leading something if you're like a, say a teacher and you're leading a classroom most people will do what you expect of them so long as certain these three criteria are in place and the the first criteria is is there an expectation like number 1 is there a norm is there something that you want them to do you know um in the first place like for example the ex- this the expectation is if you are slower you get to the right. That's the, right. there is an expectation in that setting. And if you've already um, gotten your drink, step to the side. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is the expectation. And don't so let your little check. kid push the cart in the grocery store. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. Come on. <laughs> um, and and so that's so I'd say, yeah, most of these situations, there is an expectation, which is why you feel frustrated to begin with, you know. Um, but why do you think it is that the expectation is is for the it seems like it's the majority of people. I mean, everyone I talk to complains about the same things, yet every time I'm out in public, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's doing mind, mind the zombie. So I'm not sure when did the expectation become me only and I'm not even going to look in front of me while I'm walking. <laughs> or maybe it was just the, the, the phone and we're just so used to looking down and not looking around in the world. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's a there's always a bias that we have of like we 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 notice what we're looking for. You know what I mean? Like, for example, um, I, if I really think about it, if I go to the, I mean, I, I mean, I get a drink pretty regularly. Most of the time people are pretty, pretty like mindful of that. You know, they'll get in there, they'll step aside. They'll like, I'd say the majority of people really are fulfilling the expectation, but that doesn't stand out to me. You know what I mean? Because that's like, you, you don't notice what you should be. Doing. I don't know, man. Yesterday, we went to Target, and we were only mm-hmm. there for maybe 15 minutes. And we were walking out, and I'm like, like you, you have to walk around the store almost like a defensive driver, you know? And it's like, <laughs> how are there not more collisions happening? I, like, I'm having to dodge and weave. <laughs> and, yeah. And everyone else is not, no one else is looking out, for, looking in front of them, yet they're not bumping into each other. It kind of makes me think... Maybe that life is a simulation and these are just these programmed <laughs> things that are just the moving Truman on a show. trajectory. Well, they're not even that. They're just programmed. They're like, they just walk in the path and that, that they're programmed to walk in and, and their program path misses each other. Yet I'm not part of that program. So I'm having to dodge and weave. That's what it feels like. And we were walking out and I said, I said, man, cause I used to have um, weekdays off and now I have weekends off. And so I was there on a Saturday mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh man, I don't know that I like being off on Saturdays. It's, pr- it's freaking crazy in there. Yeah. And my wife, who is um, a merchandiser and in these big box stores all day, every day, like she's in probably five to ten a day. <laughs> she's like, what do you mean uh-huh. Saturdays? This is every day. I spend every day of my life in here. Now do you see why yeah. I'm depressed? <laughs> totally. Totally. So so I don't yeah. know. I don't like where, like, when did the expectation be, like, I'm just, you're going to get out of my way. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, and I think those expectations probably are um, like uh, dependent upon your location to a certain degree as well, right? Um, uh, some places may <laughs> may be a little more wild, wild west than others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although I don't know, it doesn't. It seems like no matter where you are, we I mean, haven't been in a lot of places in the country, but wherever you are, when you go into a store like Target or Walmart, it's yeah. always the same. Like you, it's like they took the same people out of one store and teleported them into the other. It's it's weird. Well, but anyway, sorry. Like, you you were going to well, talk about uh, you you had some some criteria and I kind of went off. <laughs> That's fine. We're still on the first criteria. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Um. Well, and I think a lot of people like you almost think about it. It's kind of weird that uh, like population density um, hasn't always been this dense. I mean, it, it, it's been for a while, but like I'd say for most of human history, it hasn't been this dense. And it is kind of weird that um, 
I guess probably in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty recent that we're all just bumping into each other. You know what I mean? I I, uh, I won't tell you who they are, but I know these in-laws. These in-laws. Uh-huh. I just I just revealed it. <laughs> my, my in-laws. Yeah. They um they're they're so perplexed of the growth in their area. And it's like uh-huh. you wouldn't even recognize it. You wouldn't even recognize it. Houses everywhere yeah. you can live, and yeah. it's like. Well, these are basically your children. Like, where where did you think they were going to live? Like, you didn't have any yeah. problem when you came out here and built your house out in this field when it was a nice yeah. wide open field and you built your house and whoever was there before was like, oh, here we go. Here come these houses. Mm-hmm. And now they're just, now it's like just, there's no open space, you know? No. <laughs> and, and it's no, like, and he's no. just, they're, they're just like, I can't even believe it. Like, look at what they're doing to this place. And it's like, you were the pioneer of that. Why, yeah. where do you think these people are going to live? Like, they're, they're, yeah. like people keep having kids. That's, that's well, nature. We, we keep re- reproducing, and re- right. you know? And what's funny about that, you know, there's a couple things because you hear that all the time. And, and, um, when I, uh, did the child geography class, we deal with populations and they call that notion demographic momentum. Um, cause rationally you think, okay, well, what's replacement fertility two kids right you are replacing you and your partner um and so you think okay so population growth should stay steady but it doesn't it's actually it's still growing under that um replace under uh replacement fertility because you think about it in most well-developed countries of the world you've you have you which is the two of you sure you've replaced yourselves but you're still living so you went from two to four and now in most places you will, um, uh, see your grandkids and you may see your great grandkids. So sure, you replaced you, but for the bulk of all these people being added, you're still around. You know what I mean? And so there is no choice but growth. Right. And when um, you don't just replace you, but you know, there's the, the potential is, so my daughter found this, uh, little freezing baby field mouse in our yard uh-huh, the other day. Yeah. And she brought it in and she stayed up all night with it, trying to nurse it back to health and she had a heat light on it. And you can Mm -hmm. just tell it wasn't going to make it. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said, you know, the reason why mice have like eight mice, whenever they have it, because 90% of them aren't going to live. So like, don't feel bad when it doesn't live. And it didn't, it died like that day. Yeah. But it's the same thing with human beings. There's this, you want to continue, like you want to make sure that it's, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, you, you want to just make sure that you, yeah, yeah. That, that there's enough there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't want to, it sounds egocentric and it kind of is, but it's, this is stuff that you don't even think about. This is some conscious stuff mm-hmm. where you're just have the urge to just reproduce just to make sure at least one of your offspring live to tell the yeah. tale, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and continue well, the and lineage. That, that is like, a, that's actually like a, a, a I don't know if fact is the right word, but like there is evidence of that throughout even throughout human history and uh, even presently, like in countries where the uh, death rate is higher and there's a like in, in particular, the infant mortality rate is higher. The birth rate is also substantially higher. And that is part of the reason. Um, and also like in agrarian societies, um, you know, children are. Children are a financial asset in the sense that, sense that they can like work on the farm and help 
produce, you know, subsistence. Um, whereas like in urban societies, children are a financial burden, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so, so you, you just don't have as many, but, um, you see that all the time. And, and, and like throughout human history, when kids, it, when the infant mortality rate is higher, the birth rate is also higher because of that. Thing. Well, and, and we, and we live in a, a first world country, you know, mm-hmm. where we might pay a lot of money for it, but we have good health care and the, the mm-hmm. mortality rate, like you say, you're living to see your great, maybe even your great, great some, in some cases, if you take care of yourself, yeah, grandchildren yeah. and but the urge to um, make sure that you are you continue on is still there. So like you still like yeah like you, you like I, I I had three kids. You know what I mean. So like yeah, the, I re, not only did I replace me and she replaced her. There's a another one. That, and those are you know what I mean. And so but uh-huh. mm-hmm. so of of course the population is growing. Yeah, and especially yeah. in in first world suburban areas where you where you can have kids who don't die <laughs> you know, yeah, there's no yeah. other way to put it so they're just having yeah. them and that's a, that's a strain on the and, and you know and then maybe if we're all sharing some piece of whatever spirit is maybe that's why everyone's so deluded there's just yeah, yeah. more human consciousness than there's ever been on the planet before and all having to share this one energy i don't know it just came to my mind just now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing, interesting, one other just side note tangent on that that I was thinking of is, um, you know, because we often hear that of like, oh man, it's getting too crowded, just too many people, and I feel that all the time. But that's also that that's a that's one of the trade offs of like having an economically vibrant area is people you have a net in migration, and so um, it, it's it's almost like natural of of places that are experiencing economic growth that the population often grows as well with it because um that's people are looking for work you know and jobs and and it brings people in and so it's it's like this weird trade-off um you could get the way you get people out of here you want people to leave here um kill the economy (laughs) you know what i mean that people will leave yeah enjoy that yeah yeah so i live in southern california and you you pay a lot to for the climate yeah, and I suppose yeah. as that changes, probably so will the population. Yeah, that might that might that might be a whole different ball game in a few more decades. So, yeah. So what's number anyway, two? So, <laughs> number two. I want to see is, how these all so, weave yeah. in together. Yeah. So the first one is like, okay, so is there an expectation? I think we've established for most social norms there is an expectation, which is why we call it a norm, right? Um, but two uh, is has the expectation or procedure been taught? And I think that's where that's where it starts to, you know, fall down the line. Um, I got you take the driving example. Um, we we everybody goes to driving school in order to get a license, but um, some of those kind of courteous elements are not always explicitly taught. You know, like my son is. Um, he's going to be getting his learner's permit here in the next few months. And as we've been driving, I've been trying to explain to him just like silly little rules. Like just, just yesterday, for example, um, I was turning left and there was a huge long line of people turning left. And I was like, I was at an intersection and the light goes yellow and I want to be able to get through and maybe the car behind me to get through. 
at across from me, there's a car turning right. Um, and you know, the courteous thing to do is to, if you're the car turning right, is to stop, let the people left hurry and get through because once the light's red, you can still turn. You know what I mean? You can still go. Um, and you know, this car obviously didn't and I was outraged and, uh, <laughs> the, and so I'm like trying to explain to him, here's why, you know, here's, here's why what he did was like, I was, you know, it was a dick move. Like, you know, you, you just, just let people go, you know, and then, and then, you know, you take the five seconds and then you can go. And, um, you know, that guy clearly wasn't taught, <laughs> wasn't yeah. taught that courteous yeah. little element. And so, you know, so maybe, you know, maybe that's it. You know, you know, maybe you go to a soda fountain. You just don't, you, nobody ever taught you, like, get your ass out of the way. You know? Well, you see that a lot with kids too. Like, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, like I said, don't let your kids push the shopping cart. And it's like, you see, yeah. you can see me in a hurry. Can't, can't you see yeah. the look on my face looking at you in the eyes saying I'm in a hurry and you can, and I'm looking at you like, come on, this kid's we- weaving around. I can't get around him. Like, can you just take the cart for just 30, you know, just let me get around. <laughs> and, and I just think, and you want it, but I see, I see form, too, right? I see too, like you just, I was at a, at a restaurant where you refill your own drinks and I wasn't um, refilling my drink at the time. I was just sitting there inside of it. I was getting frustrated and furious, <laughs> rage on the inside, just watching the, these little kids do it to someone else. I was like two little kids in there, like can barely reach their hand up to fill it. And no parent, no, no parent anywhere. And I'm like, where are these kids' parents? Because there's like people standing there trying to get their drinks, and there's these two little kids. Yeah. And so they're they're clearly not taught it. There was no parent that came over and said, hey, get out of the way. There's people trying to get their drinks. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, but that had to come from somewhere. Maybe that's that. Maybe those are the children of the latchkey kids, you know, <laughs> or the children's right. children of the latchkey kids. The latchkey yeah. kids are so where where they the, the the parent. I always think everything goes back to those early '80s when when um, when when suddenly it required two incomes to survive. Yeah, you know, it, it sudden it was like the beginning of trickle down <laughs> economics, and <laughs> what it required was to. Um, to two income earners in a household and yeah. suddenly kids were coming home and the TV was raising them. I mean, my, mm-hmm. us, us too, including you and I, like we were, yeah. we came yeah. home to the TV. Right. And it's, it's just, you know, I see it in the way that I raise my kids. I'm not as hands on maybe as like, I wished my parents would have been. And, and right. you got to kind of like force yourself sometimes into those. <laughs> all right. You got to be more hands on because uh-huh. <laughs> you want it. you like, I don't know. It's so I I like I I always kind of think things go to there because if you do you ever go back and watch on Amazon Prime on the video thing, you can watch commercials from like the fifties. Like best oh no, movie. I didn't realize that. They have like just it's just like two three hours worth of mm-hmm. just commercials back to back to back to back, and yeah. it was a weird time, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was a, the culture was weird. Yeah, and that was a culture that was being—I don't know—it's hard. It's like I, I think the majority of women in that time were forced to be home, right. and they were like day drinking. So maybe even though they were home, <laughs> they weren't. Because uh-huh. I mean, that's that's the image that that the commercials of that time show is the wife with yeah. the cigarette day drinking while the kids annoy her, uh-huh. and then she but she's trying to make the husband happy. And then and this right. is just coming to me. I'm just realizing that this is what the this is what the the, the symbolism is so, from those yeah, commercials. Yeah, the message that's in there. Yeah. And suddenly they 
have this op- they're like oh you mean you, you need my income great i would love to get out of the house you know <laughs> and they've gone out of the house and it's just the byproduct it's just the natural evolution is that we raised ourselves but i think everybody kind of did it's just there wasn't just there wasn't as much programming there's not as much programming now now it comes from media because their parents aren't as active right. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know. (laughs) I would say for sure there is, um, even as a parent, like when you're looking at, you know, how to parent, there is, um, there are so many more messages coming. Even, even us talking, anybody listening to us talking, they're taking what we're saying about parenting and then applying it to, to their, or rolling their they're, eyes. They're, but still yeah, taking yeah. it in. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they're like applying it to their perspective. You know what I mean? Right. Comparing and contrasting. Right yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And um, and whether you agree with it or not, you're still it's you're still making a judgment like, oh, is 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 this how I should be parenting? You know, or no, they're full of shit, and I, this is why I parent this way. You're still like constantly like comparing it to what decisions you've made um, and either feeling good about your decisions or bad about your decisions or whatever. And so that those messages, I think definitely um, come in, not just for parents, but for, for everybody on, on just like how to, how to live life or how to do something. I think it's much more um, coming in from all sorts of sources now than it was then for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And sources that aren't really monitored. Right. By, by um, the people who should be teaching, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just as guilty. I don't I don't really monitor what my kids watch, although I do feel like I'm open with them just about the state of the world, so that hopefully when they're taking in those messages, they're applying some sort of filter to them. Yeah. Well, it's it's when and when you were talking, I was thinking about you know like being being as involved. Uh, uh, thinking of an example actually this week. So my, my daughter is, uh, kind of like she wants to earn some money. So she's been trying to take on all these different chores. Right. And she's been doing the laundry and, uh, she's not great at folding. She is, um, like a lot of stuff still inside out. And she's just she like, sounds like throwing. She sounds like she learned from me. Maybe I need to come take laundry <laughs> lessons. <laughs> and like, and like, it's like, she'll just throw it kind of like in this pile. It's kind of like a mismatched pile. And so I spent, I mean, this, just this morning, I spent, oh, probably a good, I don't know how long it was, but a decent amount of time just like refolding everything just to get into this place, like, and bothered by it. But then kind of having this realization, like, well, I guess. I, I could be bothered by it or I can teach her how to do it. You, you can't know? expect her to um, be a master laundry that's, laundryer. That's exactly right. Right. On her first laundering gig. Right. Right. <laughs> and and so I have to I have to pull myself back, but I think some of that comes from like like thinking shit she should know this, but like whose whose role is it to teach these things? You know what I mean? It's yeah. mine. And so um and I, some, sometimes I think that comes from just a little bit of my experience of, yeah, thing you just, you, it's hands off. Um, and, uh, I, I find that in, you know, that's just one example, but I find myself doing that kind of stuff all the time of, of, 
um, expecting certain things without really taking the time to, um, cause it takes time to teach. It's a pain in the butt. It's, yeah. I mean, it's so much easier just to do it yourself than to have to like go through the <laughs> slow, arduous process of teaching, you know, but, but at least someone else is doing the laundry. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> at least it's clean. You hope. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what's number three um, on that list there of, uh, so the, the third one is, is the expectation enforced. Hmm, and that's the big um, one. That is, that's the, that's the linchpin. Like in classroom management, that's the key one. You can have a procedure and teach it to them, but if you don't actually enforce it, it doesn't mean anything. And so, um, and I think about that a lot. You know, like what are the enforcers in society? Um, cause not everybody wants to be the enforcer. Like, I know when I'm at a store, um, I don't want to be this stranger going up and yelling at a kid to get out of the way. You know what I mean? That, right. that, that comes at a cost and a risk. Um, no, you can't do that. That's yeah. why you just get frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's all internal. <laughs> because someone else is, because the enforcer isn't enforcing. Right. But is it because the enforcer the... doesn't have the same expectation that you have? Well, and, that's and who are the enforcers and honestly in societal norms who are the enforcers you know it almost seems like these days there are none and maybe that's the uh the participation trophy um generation because it seems like any any time anything tries to get enforced it's like skewed or um i don't know there's that's it's just we we it's, it's like this this time where people are allowed their own expression of who they are and so to try to enforce norms i don't know it just it feels like it's a free fall it feels like we're back in the wild west and it's a free for all well, out there i think you know for for individual for breaking of norms like in in face-to-face communication i think sometimes people are not as quick to enforce but i think in in broader like in broader social norms i almost think the big enforcer is um social media you know what I mean? Of, of, uh, of, uh, kind of being critical of someone on social media. Like, cause I mean, people can make one misstep and, and you can hear about it for a good long time over Twitter or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, and also, um, people really reinforces their sense of ego on there when you're just, you know, you're posting pictures of yourself all the time and trying to make it look mm-hmm. like life is, when you, when you can call yourself an influencer, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I don't know. You're right. I think you're right. But also, so, well, go ahead. No, you can finish your statement because I was going to take it somewhere else, but I finished your statement. Um, I just wanted to just kind of go back to that, to the, uh, the, the enforcement of expectations. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever, um, um, had somebody like talking to you that's just bugging the shit out of you mm-hmm. and they just won't leave you alone and you're just like you're you're, you're being rude you don't want to be you're like you're making me be rude but like i'm gonna have to be a dick to make you stop talking to me yeah and it's like why doesn't this person get my hints why are you gonna make me do this yeah. and then as soon as you go hey yeah. look you can just I, <laughs> it's, it's i don't know i don't know like, like there's people there are people are hesitant to enforce yeah but that, that one little thing was like, look, 
you don't be rude about it, but you know, you're like, look, I gotta go. I can't do this right now. I don't have time to talk with you right now. Instead of just being like irritated that this person's not picking up on your hints because that person, I don't know what it is, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you we're living in the simulation and these people are programmed. They're, they're, <laughs> we're like, they're Sims and they're, they're, they're just programmed to come irritate you and they yeah. don't read the messages because they're just yeah. code. You know? Yeah. Well, it feels like the... it, like artificial intelligence is not quite there yet. And it's like, I, I know you're not real because you would be picking up on my, <laughs> on the irritation, you'd be everything you say. My eyes roll back into my head, and why yeah. can't you? Why are you, are you continuing to talk? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but like there's just people that do that to you. You can't help it, right? Well, there's a, a prime example. One of my my good friends is you know, he's in a suburban neighborhood, and the neighbors are all like right next to each other, right? And uh, a neighbor who he gets along with, um, they you know they've gone to a a, you know, a game together and spent, you know, or a movie or something, you know, they, they're not like friends, but they're friendly and, uh, have a dog, a lab who they leave outside all day that, um, barks the whole day. And then at times they'll leave it out at night and it's like, they're putting the kids to bed and they'll bark all night. Right. And I guess, uh, animal control has been there and all these things. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't want to be a jerk about it. But I, 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 I just needed to know that um, it's impacting my life. You know, like this, this thing is impacting my life. And uh, and so he was saying, like, what, like, what is the approach? Like, I don't want to ruin this relationship. And that, that's the prime example. Is he wants there is a norm. You know, there is a norm that you're courteous to others and, um, you know, watch the volume of things we do. Um, and. Uh, he didn't want to be the enforcer because it's hard yeah. and, and people don't always pick up the clues. And a lot of times people get defensive, um, even though, you know, it may be appropriate, uh, an appropriate uh, conversation, but I would say for the most part, probably 99.999% of the time when you um, just try to uh, gently enforce a norm on somebody who's completely in the wrong, they will get defensive mm -hmm. and angry at you. For enforcing yeah. it. Yeah. So that's why well, they feel like, to well, do it. Yeah. Well, and it's true because even though they may, we all know, and we've all been there where somebody's corrected us on something and it may be totally appropriate for them to correct us on, but you're like, what a dick. Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah, what's yeah. that? What's that his business? You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're the police of Stoic Fountain? <laughs> 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 F off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, you, oh, you had to wait 15 seconds, you know, I mean, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And so, um, and that kind of leads me to my next thought of like, of, you know, we've just spent however long we've been on here, uh, kind of just pissing and moaning about a whole bunch of <laughs> trivial <laughs> nothing, things that, stuff that don't matter. Yeah. And, and the, uh, that stuff that detracts the, actually from like living a good, like you, like you want to talk about like, you could live a peaceful life if you could just let go of your hangups. Totally. You know? Totally. And that's, I guess, my larger question. The whole reason I bring this up is what is appropriate to get outraged at? And I'm going to say this as someone who fully understands that I get outraged at things that I shouldn't. And, and by outrage, I don't mean like I'm a jerk to others. It means that it makes me 
a jerk to the ones I love. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Because right. that energy's got to go somewhere. And so it goes to those who you are comfortable, who you can, who you feel safe enough to be rude to. Um, and, and it's like, so what, like, what is it? Like, what, what is appropriate to be outraged by? And I guess, I guess the real question is like, how normal is that? You know what I mean? Well, there are things that you're just naturally outraged by that. How can you control it? That's just what, that's just how you, where you are where you are because of like shit that's happened in your life. And like, you, that's who, that's what, how you're wired at the moment. That's what outrages you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some things that you you can like you'll have to learn to breathe through, you know, and learn some patience, yeah. like the like the soda machine. But there's mm-hmm. other things that you can control. Like I get, I every time I turn on the news, I get completely outraged. Yeah, and, and not just by like one side, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll watch the liberal side, and and still and and, and they'll say something, and I'll be like, yeah, but that's totally one side, you know. There's still, there's another side mm-hmm. to that story, and and. But, but for the most part, I'm, I'm just outraged by the shit happening in the world. And I, and so for the last couple, the last week or so, my, my schedule's kind of changed where I did have like my whole days off. And so like just the news was on in the background just for background noise. And this last week yeah. that I've had to go to work, I haven't been, I haven't been keeping up. I haven't looked at Twitter. I haven't, I, yeah. I, I, and in fact, there's a guy that I work with that comes in and he wants to talk to me about it. And we have the same thoughts, but I still like we we have the same opinions, and we're on the same side, you know, quote unquote side. But mm-hmm. I still don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And because I get outraged, you know, yeah. and, and it's yeah. been it's been so peaceful to be ignorant of what's going on. But right. then there's a part of me that's like, well, are you being ignorant to what's going on? And then the other part yeah. of me is like, no, man, just you just got to worry about what's happening right here in front of you right now, right. and then start work. And once you can fix that, and then start working outward. Yeah. That's where I've been well, the last week. Well, so much of like anger, you know, they, they say anger is kind of like a secondary emotion. It's like a symptom of something else. Um, I don't know if secondary is the right word, but it's like a, it's, you know, there's causes by other things, I guess. Um, the, and so much of that is just feeling powerless. You know what I mean? Um, to where you see, you see something that you really don't feel like that, that feels clearly a violation but there's, you don't feel like there's anything you can do to control it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't know the solution to that because sometimes and politics is a hard one because that one feels like that actually matters. You know what I mean? I can be outraged by a driver, but really at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, but politics is harder because, and I, and I'm the same way. Like I, um, I have to be prepped to listen or to read. I, I can't, I have to be in the right headspace and I can't do it right before I go to sleep because I get elevated and I can't fall asleep, you know? I, I come um, across somebody on the street holding a sign uh-huh. for a politician mm-hmm. and I just instantly like, you, how are you, can you be such a freaking idiot, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And then I start mm-hmm. judging that person. Right. That person thinks the way that person thinks for a reason as well. And there's a reason yeah. that person is going is is voting for somebody that's the opposite of who I would vote for is because their life is they've lived a completely different life with a completely yeah. set of different set of expectations and enforcement of those expectations. Well, and I don't and I'm not saying this to say that I've got all the answers, but sometimes sometimes the the reason for that is is like inappropriate and people hold hold 
positions and feelings, not just in politics, but religion and life in general that are harmful to others. And I guess the question is like, and, and you are kind of powerless to do much about that. Um, and so the, the question is how, you either got to decide I'm going to address this um, or I'm going to accept the fact that um, I can't change how other people feel, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And how other people think. And uh, that's a, that's a hard, that's sometimes um, a hard, hard road to go down because they, I mean, I, I'll, we, I, I looked at something recently of, and somebody's rationale for what they, for a position they took, I think is like, should be, it's, it's obvious that like the facts don't support what they feel. And there's that part of me that's like, hey, you dumb, dumbass. Like, look, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, but like, what do you do? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it just, it causes this whole internal rage. And lately it's been, it's been pretty bad just because, um, you know, it's just, it's just been intense. Um, and so I, I guess here's the question, like, can you be angry and happy? That's tough. You, I think that you can, you can be happy when you're not angry. Like, like there's moments in between the rage. It's just, it's just these little triggers that set off. Like I get triggered by a bumper sticker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then once that bumper sticker is no longer in sight and I, I'm able to let that go and be happy again, it's just, how do you, how do you not let those frustrations frustrate you? How do you just accept that there's things you can't control and that's the shit other people do? Yeah. And so well, like, just all you can do is control what you can control and just, and just, it's just it's the frustration comes in this because like that's not what I would do. If it were me right. standing there, I would get out of your way. But you're yeah. not going to get out of my way. But you can't control who these bots are and <laughs> what they're doing, how they've been programmed. <laughs> so you just have to like you, that's how you beat the game is you go you let them play out their thing and then you know, I don't know it's almost like they're part of the landscape. It's like if you um, if you've ever read Art of War. Like the landscape is this big thing where, um, you know, like when you're going into war, like where things are situated geographically and, and who's got the upper hand just as far as, as like who's actually got the upper hand. It's got the higher place. And if you've got to bring people through a narrow ravine or is, is it, are they going to be set up? Like you've got to deal with these physical things that are in the world. Yeah. And yeah. it's just the same thing with going through life. These other, people are just these physical things that you have no control over. They're just there. And it's not something that you can like plan because they all, they come spontaneously, but you just have to kind of be like, all right, there's one, there's, 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 there's an obstacle. How do I just get it? How do I get around it without any trouble or being frustrated? That's what's hard is is the frustration part. I think it does. It comes in with the, that's not the way I would do it. I wouldn't do that to you. Right. Well, and you almost have to compartmentalize. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like I've been able to compartmentalize my anger while still, I mean, I mean, sometimes it bleeds over, but, um, I was having a conversation with our sister not too long ago. Um, and it was a serious conversation. And, and one of the comments I had made was, you know, really, I kind of, I, I feel pretty depressed and anxious all the time, but like, life's good. And, um, 
I kind of had to think about that for a second as I was making that statement of like, yeah, that's how I, that is how I feel. And it's kind of weird that the two of those can be said at the same time. Like, um, and it's, it's almost like looking at like those, those like internal components are, are their, their own little category in some weird way, but that life, they can, can still almost see life being good. And anger feels that way too. Like, and I don't know, sometimes my anger gets the best of me to where like just the whole world sucks and everybody can go screw themselves. But like generally, you know, I think you can be angry and happy, but yeah, it was like, well, it's like you say, if you're, you've got to be able to compartmentalize, it's like, this is stuff that doesn't really matter. And I'm angry mm -hmm. about that. It's a different kind mm -hmm. of anger. But if you, yeah. it, it, but if what's happening right in front of you in your, in your, in the hyper local, like it, with your family and the people that you spend your days with, and even if that person's just you, you know, if you can be content in that, if there's not anger there, if there's not anger in the yeah. home, then you can be angry at it, angry at everything outside of the home. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's mm -hmm. like, like if, 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 if the thing that you consider home, whatever that is, whatever your idea of home is, if you can feel happy there, then you're okay to be mad at the outside of home because... Yeah, man, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, and I think like anger can relieve tension. You know what I mean? Like internal tension of just like kind of losing your, you know, just losing it for a minute. Yeah, um, well, well, you got to examine your anger too. Like it comes from somewhere for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, not... and it can protect like anger is like, sometimes it's a, it can show what you value and believe, which is why I, I think I'm a little uncomfortable with <laughs> all the things I get angry about. It's like, what am I, to, like, what is the value? What, like, what am, what am I, what value is being harmed in these like trivial scenarios I'm bringing up other than like, I value my own personal time and you're in my way. Um, so, you know, I guess that's selfish, but whatever. It's like, how is the masked singer a thing? <laughs> but so what so yeah, what if it is yeah, exactly you know exactly. <laughs> someone's enjoying it yeah let them enjoy it yeah i can turn the channel and watch 50s commercials <laughs> <laughs> you really should check that out yeah i'm sure i'd be into, i bet my son just be just write like uh just type a search for like uh old commercials or something and there's like six different um things where it's like hours like three hours of commercials just side by side by side by side and just to hear the way they talk and the way that they're we mean it we really mean it it really is the best for you you can take our word for it you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's just stuff that you would never work now but you can see you can get a sense like the fact that the way that's why they were saying you can tell how who the people were of that time who our grandparents were this were this is when our mother was a child these were the commercials mm -hmm. she was hearing on the, t the tv when they would when it was on in the background you know and so yeah, yeah. it's just interesting to see how they were marketed to compared yeah. to how we're marketed to now you know during uh christmas there were like all these commercials with um women giving men cars for christmas you know yeah, like things yeah. have changed yeah the big bow is gone now it's women giving their husband a rugged well suv think... saying come on be more rugged man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you think about it like <coughs> com commercials actually probably are a really pretty good way 
to assess cultural change because com- commercials are trying to speak to a mass audience. You know, they're, they're trying to appeal to what, to a, a large demographic, you know, to, to a large subset of the people. And so, um, you have almost no choice but to speak to what's culturally relevant. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I mean, one of those programs is, uh, is toy commercials. It's just, it's like two hours of toy commercials from the fifties and sixties. So you actually see too how they're marketing to the kids of that generation. The, yeah. Those are the baby boomers. And right. you, those were, and you can see it and like, it's crazy. It's, 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 that's, that's how they were taught, you know, the same way we yeah. were taught. Yeah. We were taught with a little bit more razzle dazzle and MTV cuts and nothing longer than seven seconds or you're right you know but you're you might actually have an, an attention span if you can if we show you something for more than seven seconds we're not going to <laughs> right like, that's another thing too it's like it's like the the way that the media was like it can it hold it's a whole generation of add you know yeah and that's totally. who's walking around just i don't know i see a lot of people too that just seem depressed and sad and just checked out yeah. And, and yesterday at the same Target experience, there's this lady and she's pushing a cart and she's one hand's pushing a cart and the other hand's holding a Starbucks. Yeah. Because there's a Starbucks in there. So, oh man, you can go to Target and get a Starbucks. <laughs> and <laughs> she's got these two kids walking with her and she's just like, did you get this? What did you, don't you need this? And she's just so, she's probably in her late 30s. Just so like run down and tired, and you can just tell she's like, I can't believe this is what I chose for my life. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so I think there's a lot of that too, where it's just like people just check out because how yeah. else do you cope? Right. Well, and I part of me wonders if um, how much of that is socially it's a little more noticeable now, um, or less taboo to talk about and how much of that is because i do think it's on the rise but how much of that is um that it's always been this way versus how much now are we reporting it compared to what we reported in the past you know right right well look at what like married with children did that changed the image of the the like that was that was the the expectation even though even though nobody was living it when you turned on the tv that was the expectation these normal families and then and the, i shouldn't say normal these these families these family units yeah, you know? yeah. and then suddenly married with children comes on and they show us the normal family yeah and then that expectation goes from being i don't know it may be maybe it's not a bad thing the expectation was hoity toity ish right and 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 simple and innocent to normal, mm-hmm. and then suddenly that expectation drops, and then that expectation, you know, they, they they've, the media has been slowly dropping the expectations. Well, yeah, they they, you know, it's showing a different perspective on on the same family story. And now reality TV, mm-hmm. you know, they show us these archetypes and these real people, and. And the expectations even lower because suddenly it's unscripted. <laughs> it, right. is, it is just a normal person, mm-hmm. and that becomes the expectation. Right. And nobody can live up to your, the expectation, so that's why we just drop down. Because if suddenly, if you're living up to your expectations, aren't you kind of like a nerd or uh, something like that? Well, I also think like sometimes you're hit by so many 
so many expectations that it's almost easier just to throw hands up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I know I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's the, uh, what's the conclusion? Like, is there, that's a, <laughs> did we figure anything out here? Well, here's the, here's the, here's what I think. I think, um, one, like, uh, I got to chill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm getting angry about all sorts of stuff and it's like, all right, I got to chill out. You need um, to meditate. Two, yeah. But two, um, and, and sometimes it's like worth, you know, sometimes it's almost like in vogue. I don't even know if that's people use that <laughs> term anymore, but like in vogue to be pissed off about stuff. Yeah. And, um, and sarcasm is like, a quality. Yeah. Like, like make sure that shit's worthwhile. If you're going to spend your time being pissed, like be pissed about stuff that matters. And, and like, clearly I'm not the case study for that because I get bothered at all sorts of trivial things. But so that's, I think, takeaway number one, like, like reserve your anger for stuff that matters. Um, but two, like, it's okay to be, it's okay to be angry yeah, too. Yeah. Like, like, you know, don't, as long like, as it doesn't consume you. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're willing to explore that anger. And I guess three, um, you know, we went down this whole rabbit hole of social norms and social expectations and, and all that stuff. And I don't know, I don't really have anything to say there other than, um, I guess it was fun. And uh, <laughs> the social norms are what they are. <laughs> they are. You have and, to acknowledge we, what it is, especially if you're not, I mean, that's the social norm is the majority. So like, if you want to communicate with the majority, you have to learn to speak the social norm language or the normal language. Yeah. So even though you might feel woke and you might feel like you're the only living person in a sea of zombies, if you want those zombies to hear you, you have to kind of like understand where they're coming from and where they're well, coming yeah. from is where they're coming from is, is uh, it's, it's a, it's a country where they're being told the economy is great and at the place where they are, it's not. And so it's, there's, there's a lot of that really messes with people, I think. Yeah. Well, and here's here's a little other thing that maybe is relevant to what we had talked about with like social norms and you know we had talked a bit about um, enforcement. One, I think it's hard to be the enforcer, but this is something that's interesting to me actually. So you know, in, in education, when we teachers are complaining about student behaviors, we'll go through this whole thing of like, well. Is there an expectation? Have you actually taught that expectation to them? And are you doing anything to enforce that expectation? But one of the key things is like, you can enforce all you want, but if people haven't really been taught that, um, your enforcement means nothing. You know what I mean? Because they right. haven't really learned what, what you're trying to enforce anyway. And I think that's kind of critical when we, um, when we're looking at like, societal values and whatnot um is sometimes we're kicking against the pricks and the pricks haven't been taught <laughs> right. you know what i mean right so right. anyway yeah so i think i think the i think the answer is just learning some patience yeah. to chill that's how that's what chilling out is it's just being patient with the shitty world yeah and i think i think you should listen to um krishna das He's got an album called Kirtan Walla, mm -hmm. and that's always my go-to. And I think it's a, I think for anyone, any who, anyone who's like a white middle-class-ish 
um, suburban person who doesn't hasn't had a whole lot of uh, um, exposure to um, like Kirtan music. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good place to go because it's it's like an Americanized version of it. It's a good place yeah. to start, and that's that. If you just put that album on, just in the background of whatever you're doing, you're gonna start uh-huh. feeling yourself chill out to a point yeah. where that when when it's not on, you're gonna know how to make yourself chill out. Right. This is this is this is like Dao of Pooh stuff. This is like beginning of some yeah. expo- of exploration. But check that album out. It's a, I think it's a good um, entry into meditation. Yeah. What's it called again? It's called Kirtan Walla by Krishna Das. It's on Spotify. I'll check it out. And it, it, it's a more familiar. Um, it's it's, kind of, it's like the rock and roll of like that genre right right so i think that's the first step i gotta do it too i gotta i gotta meditate more too um especially with i was with with my my schedule changing i used to be able to just spend my days in absolute silence except for when i'd have the news on to break it up and yeah now things have changed i'm getting a little frustrated (laughs) yeah i have a running commentary when i'm driving and that needs to stop needs to just yeah a peaceful drive yeah totally i know how that goes all right, man. Well, we kind of talked for a while. Uh, yeah. Have a lot to digest. Yeah. Um, let's do it again soon. Okay. You have no father. Your mother's gone. You have no father. Yes, my father's gone. What about your brother, your sister, to see you through? We all need a brother, a sister, to see us through. It'll be alright. It will be alright. I will be your brother.